Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, so this is week three in a message series called Christmas with Captain Hook. Um, and what we're doing is we're taking a Christmas journey into childlike faith. And that's a big deal. We began the series a couple of weeks ago with some verses from the Gospel of Matthew where there were some parents who were coming to Jesus for blessings for their children. And that seems like a good thing. It seems like a nice thing, a, a holy thing, you know, kind of a cool thing. And, 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 and you might have done the same if you were alive when Jesus was alive. But the disciples kind of got in the way. And that may sound counterintuitive, but what was happening was Jesus' fame and, and, and kind of popularity were at an all-time high. There were miracles, signs and wonders were following him where he went. So hundreds and sometimes thousands of people were clamoring for his attention, trying to get a minute of his time, trying to touch him or just lock eyes with him and, and have some time with him. And so the disciples unbidden by Jesus, they started blocking a little bit. They started getting in the way and going, you know, you can't get to the rabbi right now. I'm so sorry. Have you made an appointment? Send in an email. We'll see you next week. Maybe we'll fit you. Like that's, they start doing that, right? And so when these parents come with their children to be blessed, the disciples kind of get in the way and go, he's very busy right now. It's not a good time. And as the disciples scold the parents, Jesus scolds the disciples. Uh, okay, bye kids. So then... Um, so we're five minutes in nature calls. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> you do that in the front row. You're getting called out. No, let it be known. Okay. So, um, now where was I? <laughs> so they, they come to Jesus and the Jesus goes, Hey, don't do that. Let them come to me. Let the little children come to me right after I scold a bunch of kids. He says, let the children Come to me. I gotta. I'm just gonna close in prayer now. Be done. I gotta watch my timing. Okay, so let the children come to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Which is to say, heaven is populated by people with childlike faith. Now we talked. We talked in each of our last two Sundays about the distinction. Child, childlike is not childish. Childish is demanding and petulant and entitled. Childlike means pure and simple and uncomplicated. Can you remember a time in your life when your faith was pure and simple and uncomplicated? That's what we're after. That's what we're trying to get back to. And our guide in this has been Peter Pan, the boy who never grew up right? And his return to London has triggered the presence of an old enemy. And we've talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks about how our enemies become a little bit more pronounced in the month of December. Uh, our addictions, our struggles. If you've got an alcohol addiction, a drug addiction, a food addiction, if you struggle with loneliness, estrangement from family, anxiety, depression, financial issues, medical issues, legal issues, or any other issues at all, December just makes all of that more difficult. And, and if we're not careful, those things can steal our peace and rob us of something precious and priceless in this season. So we're being careful. Today, we're going to take a look at the character himself. Hook represents all those enemies, but, but, but as a character study himself, 
He's worth looking at because we can learn a few things. He's a mess. For starters, he's a mess. The guy is infinitely needy, infinitely insecure, and known primarily for what he hates. He is needy, insecure, and known primarily for what he hates. How many of you guys know Christians today in the world are known more for what they hate than they are known for what they love? It's true. It's true. Ask people. Hey, what's your opinion of, 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 of Christians or, or, or people who go to church or, you know, however, however you might phrase it? Most of the time, they're, they're going to pull out their six-shooter and you're going to hear some words like judgmental, arrogant, mean-spirited. That's what believers are known for most of the time. And guys, that is something we've got to change. And I'm here to tell you, you don't change that in the world. You don't change that in the church. You don't even change that in this church. You change that in you. You change that in you. So each week, we've been showing you a, a movie clip. And this week, because you've been extra good, there are two. The you guys ever heard of Uptown Kids Ministry? All right, so we're going to lower the lights. This is the first one's quick. Uh, take a look. What have I done? What have I done, Spade? Agreed to a preposterous plan, an absurd war. Now I'm bound by my indefatigable good form to wait and fix you a nice place. Wait for what? Whether it be three days or three decades, you will always be a fat old cat. Oh, I hate being disappointed, Speed. And I hate living in this floor body. And I hate living in Neverland. And I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. Had a sublime vision. All the jagged parts of my life have come together to form a complete and mystical whole. An epiphany. Epiphy what? My life is over. Does that mean you've lost your appetite? Yes. Is it just me, or would Pastor Jeff make an amazing Mr. Smee? We observe that. It's just, I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, he's not in the room, but I like to throw him under the bus every once in a while. It's good for him. Okay, so. Captain Hook is known primarily for what he hates. I hate, I hate, I hate. He's, he's endlessly needy. Now, here's the truth. We're all needy, yes? We're all needy. Some of you don't perceive yourself to be needy, but you are. We all are. You need air. You need food. You need clothing. You need to use the bathroom. You need, uh, you need social connection. You need water. You, we have needs. We all have these. We're all needy, every single one of us. But when a person is described as needy, usually what we're talking about is emotional need. A person who needs to be affirmed. A, a person who needs to be the center of attention. A person who needs to be liked, affirmed, part of everything. 
We don't perceive ourselves to be needy, but we are. Each one of us. We have deep-seated needs. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of life. That just makes you human. But neediness doesn't have to define you. And this thing we're seeing in our main character here is something a little bit kind of on the, it's on the gross side. That need inside of you to be, well, let's, let's, let's use social media as an example. Most of you know that social media use is bad for you. Like you understand this is doing nothing for you. It is absolutely demonstrably and scientifically provably shortening your attention span. The dopamine hit you're getting from the likes and the, and the constant interaction makes it almost impossible now to just like read a book or be fully present with something. Most of us can't even watch a movie anymore without our phone in our hand. Like this, this is not a good thing. Societally, culturally, not good for you. You know on some level it's sucking the life out of you, but you still engage in it because of a very simple concept. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. You're on it and you're in it because everybody else is on it and in it. And what, think of the things you would miss. Think of the things you would, you, you know, and, and, and I already see you. I already see the thought bubbles above your head. I understand the things you tell you. Well, well I'm on here. I just use it to keep in touch with my friends. No, you don't. You don't. That's not why. And it's okay to be honest with yourself, to just say, the best thing, in fact, to do is to be honest with yourself and say, I just need it. I need it to be in my life. I'm kind of addicted to it. That's how you start kind of getting through stuff like that. That fear of missing out makes things complicated. It complicates everything. It's, it's not, I mean, children do experience that sometimes, but that's what's muddying the waters for us. We've got to return to a time, I mean, does it... Does anybody wish we could go back to a day before cell phones? Don't you wish we could do that? I mean, I just so, and we never will, of course, but I just, I, I, I miss those days when things were simple and pure and uncomplicated. We make it worse than it is. We complicate things by focusing on stuff that, 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 we're, that we're in need of, Right? And what it does is it causes us to forget who we are and it causes us to forget the one who meets all of our needs. This is from the book of Philippians, chapter 4. At the moment, I have all I need and more. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus. At the moment I have all I need, says Paul. The moment I'm good. I have all I need. Interesting little factoid. When he writes this, he's incarcerated. The apostle Paul is in prison when he writes this. Hey, you know what? I'm good. At the moment I have all I need. And I think not only do I have all I need, I think God who has met all of my needs is also going to meet all of your needs from his riches in glory. I don't know about you. If I was in prison, I would not be saying I have all I need. If I was in prison, I'd be saying I need to get up out of here. I need for you to spring me. I need for you to start the free Burt campaign. I want free Burt t-shirts. I want bumper stickers. I want a social media campaign. I want you to talk to your officials like get me out of here. That would be my presenting need. It's not what Paul says. That's not what's coming off the tip of his pen. 
And I spent some time last week with a family whose son is currently incarcerated. And, and it's difficult and it's grinding. But I saw that kid not long ago. And he's doing amazing. He was glowing. He's, he's so connected with God. I think he's freer in that prison than some of us are walking the earth free. That's what I think. But that doesn't come easy, right? To say God has met my needs. The the Lord is the one who meets my emotional need. That he loves me like crazy and that's going to be the seat of my identity. That that's going to be who I am and how I operate. That that'll be the starting point from which I live the rest of my life. That is a pure, simple, and uncomplicated way to see it. But we don't see it that way. We complicate it. We get involved with all kinds of other, well, what about, how does God feel about this? And what about this? And what about that? Jesus was not known, think on this, was Jesus more known for who he hated or for who he loved? He was known for who he loved. He was, he was never trying to keep people out of the group. He was always trying to be welcoming. And you've heard, if you've gone to church before, uh, you've probably heard, uh, heard somebody say, well, he hung out with tax collectors and sinners. It's jargon. You know, what does that mean, tax collectors and sinners? Here's, here's the modern English version of that. He hung out with social outcasts. He hung out with people that polite society wouldn't hang out with. Has anybody here ever felt like a social outcast? Yeah. You ever felt like you just didn't belong? One of the things I love best about our church, one of the things that I just never, ever, 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 ever get tired of hearing, one of the things that just excites me is the frequency with which I hear, I just feel like I belong here. This place just feels like home. Somebody said to me recently, I've never felt like I belonged anywhere until I found this place. That, I think, honors God. I think when God sees that, he goes, that's my people. That's what I want to see. That's what I want my church to be. That's who you are. You're welcomed. You're God's beloved son or daughter. But we make it complicated. Stuff gets in the way. Life gets in the way. Difficulties come in. And between our childhood, like simplicity, and the adult complexity, awful things happen to us in the, in, in the path. And, and we forget how God feels about us. And that line, that we forget how God feels about us, sets us up perfectly For our second film clip of the morning, we're going to lower the lights. Take a look at this. Now pay attention, class. We have a lot to go over. Lesson one. Why parents hate their children? Anyone? Doesn't mommy read to us every night? You, the cute little urchin in the front row. Won't you share your thoughts with the whole class? Yes, I said Mommy reads to us every night because she loves us very much. Loves you? Isn't that the, uh, the real word, Captain? <laughs> no, child. I think your mother reads to you every night in order to stupefy you to sleep. So that she and Daddy could sit down for three measly minutes without you and your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive, and nagging demands. He took my toy. She hit my bear. 
I want a party. I want a cookie. I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Now, now, now. <clears throat> Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up and cook you out. That's not true, Jack. You're a liar! Lie? Me? <laughs> Never. <laughs> the truth is far too much fun. <laughs> oh, my child, before you were born, your parents would stay up all night together just to see the sunrise. Don't be frightened. Maggie, before you were born, they were happier. They were free. Me flunked the maggot. That's a flogging loon. He gave me enough. Jack. Your father went to your sister's school play, did he not? What did he go to your baseball game? How'd you know about that? He missed the most important game on what might have been the most important day of your young life. I want to tear your hook off! You see? I hate, I hate you, Mr. Hook! <laughs> what did I tell you, Spee? No little children love me! Yes, I do! Jack, you listen to me! Neverland makes you forget! Never forget! Mommy or Daddy! Think of a way to run home, Jack! Run home! Run home? Besides me, notice how well that video clip dovetails with the message series we did a few months ago on the temptations from Jesus in the wilderness. The whole point is forget how your father feels about you. Forget how you forget who you are. The temptation is always to forget your identity. And that's what happens. Maggie knows it. The girl knows it. She, she's, she hears the lies, but she's right away. She's able because her faith is childlike. It's pure and simple and uncomplicated. She knows mommy and daddy love me very much. Like that's grilled into her. But Jack, not so. Jack regrettably has begun to grow up and his dad has missed a few baseball games. So now things are complicated. Now. He's questioning. Now, when somebody says, I don't think your parents love you. I don't think your father loves you at all. Now he's... You can see the wheels turning. And so it is for you. There was a time once when things were simple and uncomplicated for you. But then some stuff happened. Life got in the way. God missed a game or two, did he? Was there a cancer diagnosis? Was there a horrible car accident? Was there a thing that happened to you? Was there a moment when you doubted not only whether he saw you or loved you or whether he was good, but you started doubting whether he was really there at all? And we've all been there. We've all of us been there, if we're honest. That's when things get complicated. We forget who we are. We forget whose we are. We forget that God loves us dearly. 
And we start thinking maybe it's over. For Hook, it's over. In that first clip, he was, you know, he was, when he says, okay, uh, my life is over, goodbye. He's about to go do a melodramatic thing with a gun and like pretend to kill himself, which is a little dark for church. But, you know, his point was, hey, I want glory. I want, this is what I want. These are my needs. And now he, of course, he can't have his glory because his great enemy, Peter Pan, has grown old and fat and it's not even worth beating him anymore. So he's so discouraged that he's not going to get all the affirmation he wants from defeating his great enemy that he's just depressed. The life we're seeing is about being lived inward bound. You are called to something greater. Peter Pan in the book actually addresses death. He talks about death. He says to die would be an awfully big adventure. And I agree. But if you want an even bigger adventure, learn how to really live. Some of us aren't. These words are from the Gospel of Luke. Then he said to the crowd, this is Luke chapter 9, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. You try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But are yourself lost or destroyed? You want true life? Die to yourself. Lay down that, that hateful, anemic, screw up the real thing. Stop living a life inward bound. Stop making it all about your needs and what you want and what you have to have and how disappointed you've become. Return to a simple, pure childlike faith. Believe now that he loves you like crazy. We turn from our sin. We come back to him. We're forgiven and we live the rest of our life in response. That's how it works. We turn from our sin. We receive his forgiveness. We live the rest of our life in response to what he's done for us. You have a part to play in a vast, amazing story. That is an adventure worth living. But a life where it's all about how much you can acquire and how much you can have and how many other people you can make jealous of your lifestyle, that's not living. That's not life. That's just a slow death. You have life in front of you. I did some research this week into our author, J.M. Barry, do you know why he wrote Peter Pan, James Matthew Barry? You know why he wrote Peter Pan? Because when he was six years old, his older brother died. His brother David died tragically in an ice skating accident, of all things. He didn't fall through the ice. He collided with another skater, and he hit his head on the ice and cracked his skull and died from the wounds. Now, this is a long time ago. His mother was crushed. His mother was distraught. David was her favorite. And so James would put on David's clothes. He would take on his affectations. He would imitate his older brother in an effort to try to cheer his mother up. But the only thing that ever made her feel better was knowing that because David had died a boy, that he would always be a boy. That's why he wrote Peter Pan. 
And years later, when the story had become a, a, a global sensation, when the, when the book took off and when it became a play, J.M. Barry donated the copyright to Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. Maybe you remember in week one the clip where Peter's trying to remember. I remember the hospital at Great Ormond Street. You taught me to read. That's a real place. And for 80 years, Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital has been the leading children's hospital in London because of a selfless act by someone who lived 80 years ago. The guy that wrote Peter Pan lived an outward bound life and did this to bless others and is still blessing others. You have opportunities in front of you every day to respond to this invitation. God's invited you into something vast and amazing. Don't trade that away for this weak, anemic, hateful version of life. That would be tragic. To die would be an awfully big adventure. Yeah, Die to yourself and pick up real life. You will never regret the day that you did. We're going to pick it up right from here on Saturday at our Christmas Eve Eve services with part four of Christmas with Captain Hook. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we're grateful. We're grateful that you've given us the opportunity to connect with you and that you've invited us into this vast, amazing thing. Lord, we just, we find it far too easy to, to just settle back and let things be complicated, to just grow numb and not fight our way back to simplicity. Would you just give us some courage, give us some steel, give us a, some spine, Father, and some guts to fight our way back to that place where things were simple, pure and uncomplicated and simple, to know that you love us dearly, to respond to that invitation, to turn from our sin and live our lives in response to you. Outward bound to honor you, to love others, to serve the world around us. May that be true in my life. May that be true in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.